At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is Visa's primetime action. We are live from the South Point Hotel Casino on the tip of the strip. It's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin. Glad you could hang with us for a doubleheader in the NBA, a quadruple header in the NHL, and of course baseball as well. And Matt, get you get uh, enjoy, I should say, the uh, NBA games tonight because tomorrow night the stage goes dark. What, what Boo. Were they thinking? What's that? What were they thinking? I don't know. I don't know. Kelly, what were they thinking? I don't know, man. I gave my verbal application for the job on the air last night. NBA scheduler? NBA schedule maker. Well, really just any professional sport because they all screw it up. It so seems bad. pretty easy, like, as you look at the calendar and you look and then there's one day where you didn't write anything in on it. <laughs> and then you just go, like, oh, I probably should have wrote something <laughs> in. Should have written oh, something in there. Yeah, like something, something there. Sixers and the Heat at 730 Eastern. You have the Heat right now at 7.5 to 8-point home favorites over the Sixers. 208.5 is your total, of course. As a reminder, there is no Joel Embiid for the Sixers. And this one hopes to be back for Game 3. 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. We got the Mavs and the Suns. The Suns are 6 to 6.5 point home favorites. 217.5 is your total. Over on the ice, facing off right now, the Bruins and the Hurricanes. Minus 120 for the home Hurricanes. Even money. On the Bruins is road underdogs. 7.30 Eastern, we have the Lightning and the Leafs. Leafs are minus 135 home favorites, plus 115 on the Lightning as road underdogs. 
we got the 9.30 Eastern time slot here for the Blues and Wild. The Wild minus 135 home favorites, plus 115 on the Blues as road underdogs. And then at 10 Eastern, we have the Kings and the Oilers. The Oilers are minus 215 home favorites over the Kings, plus 175 for the Kings on the road. Over in Major League Baseball, we did have some day games today, which we'll catch you up on a little bit later, but some first pitches that are coming right now, the Twins and the Orioles. Dylan Bundy and Kyle Bradish going in this one. The Twins and uh, Bundy are minus 145. Road favorites plus 125 on Bradish and the Orioles. Yankees and the Blue Jays. Nestor Cortez against Yusei Kikuchi. Cortez and the Yankees, minus 155 road favorites over the Blue Jays. Kikuchi and the Jays are plus 135. Home fa- uh, home underdogs, eight and a half is your total there. Yankees, 11 straight for them now. 7-10 Eastern, the Angels and the Red Sox. Reed Detmers against Garrett Whitlock. Garrett Whitlock and the Red Sox are minus 135. Home favorites, plus 115 for Detmers and the Angels. Eight and a half is your total there. 740 Eastern, the Reds and the Brewers. Vladimir Gutierrez for the Reds. Freddie Peralta for the Brewers. Peralta and the Brewers, minus 320. Home favorites over the Reds, plus 250. For the Reds is road underdogs, seven and a half is your total in that one. Got the White Sox and the Cubs with Lucas Giolito versus Kyle Hendricks. Giolito and the White Sox, minus 145 road favorites. Uh, Hendricks and the Cubs, plus 125. Home underdogs, six and a half, your total. Nationals and the Rockies, Patrick Corbin, Austin Gomber. Gomber and the Rockies are minus 155 home favorites over the Nationals, plus 135. If you want the road underdog there, 10 and a half is the total. And finally, at 10-10 Eastern, we got the Giants and the Dodgers. Alex Wood and Tony Gonsolin. Gonsolin and the Dodgers, minus 165. Home favorites over the Giants, plus 145 for the road underdogs. Seven and a half is your total there. We get uh, the morning morning uh, edition of Shohei Otani tomorrow. Angels and Red Sox. Yeah. Shohei's going during the day, so yeah. that's a 10.35 a.m. Pacific first pitch for that one. So, uh we will, we will wake up to Shohei tomorrow in that one. And listen, didn't win yesterday, but I but didn't kill my Cy Young for Carlos Rodon. He he did give up a couple of runs, That's but just two, but That's just two. Yeah, and uh, still still live there for the for the Rodon Cy Young, which I will continue to beat the drum for until he is no longer one of the contenders. <laughs> uh, we have uh, JVT coming up momentarily to talk basketball with us. Joe Sheehan from the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter to talk baseball with us. And a little later, Drew Densick joins us to talk of all things, ready for this? Horse racing, the Kentucky Derby. He is at Louisville. He is going to the Derby this weekend. How about that? Good for him. Good on him. Good, Good on, on him. him. You ever been to a Derby before? I have not. I have not. I didn't really. So I did a whole, all this like bucket list stuff as I was a little bit younger. Like I've done, you know, World Series NBA championship, I've done college football championship, college basketball championship in the College World Series. Like, I've done all this, like, sport. I never really wanted to go to the Derby hmm. when I was younger. And then now that I've gotten older, I'm like, I'd really like to go to the Derby. Yeah, I'd like it, to go to the it's Derby. completely what's, changed. What's currently number one on your list that you haven't gone to? Masters? 
Masters would be one. Gotta be up Derby there. would probably be two, though, at this point, because it's kind of one. Of, it's just once a year. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's just the once a year thing, and it's yeah. you know, it's like even though I'm not into horse racing, it's like it's a one day party. It, that's it's definitely way up there on my list yeah. too. Yeah, a little bit of golf news today, uh, if I can squeeze this in, and we will do our one and done and our our uh, draft today for the Wells Fargo Championship at Avenel and Potomac. One year stop for the Wells Fargo Championship this year. Uh, former world number one golfer Lee Westwood Lee Westwood told Sky Sports today that he's requested releases from both the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. That's what we know as the European Tour to play in the first Saudi-backed LIV Golf Invitational Series event in London next month. Westwood is 49 years old. He told Sky Sports that any impact on his future candidacy as captain of the European team in the Ryder Cup is, quote, in the European Tour's court, unquote. He's like, I don't care. It's really interesting the way that they're going about it. And I mean, you know, if you believe what Greg Norman said, that they had a handful of current, like, you know, relevant golfers, and then they all bailed after the Phil Mickelson interview stuff. Is all like that. If you believe that, then that's one thing. But if not, it's kind of an interesting strategy, I think, with them, because instead of getting, instead of, like, going and raiding the Corn Ferry Tour, mm-hmm. right, which, like, could have been, you know, you go and you get all these up-and-coming guys, and then, like, you can build a league around them. Like, getting a bunch of washed-up guys, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know if that does it for me. Like, uh, it's watching, also, you know, Lee Westwood and Phil Mickelson, all yeah. these guys in their late 40s or early 50s, like, I mean, it's basically the early senior tour that I'd be watching. Like, I'm not all that interested in. Like, I think you could, if you could build some stars by going and picking off all the very best guys out of the corn fair. I mean, like, think of, think if they would have done this three years ago and you had Will Zalatoris and Cam Young and like all these guys like all these guys that have come off the Corn Ferry and have done really well on the PGA tour and now you have them on your tour i think you would then have a viable product as to where this i'm kind of like i don't care to go watch Lee Westwood play against Phil I Nicholson think you need a nice here. balance cuz you're right like i don't need to watch like a champions tour number 2 like i, I never watch yeah. the champions tour as is so i, I don't need to watch champions tour number 1 but right, yeah. for I, I don't need another version of it but like at the same time i think if you if if this did happen three years ago and they grabbed guys like that, we'd be like, well, we don't really know how good this Dallas Torres kid is because he doesn't he never plays anybody on the PGA Tour, right? Isn't that what we'd be saying? So I I don't know. It's interesting, but it is like these golfers that have submitted these. It is it's going to be interesting to see how this plays off plays out because that's what PGA Tour the European Tour. You know what was it a year ago at this point was like hey. They can submit, you know, for requests for this stuff, but all of them are going to be denied. Well, so that's what wait. I mean, we're waiting and seeing how how they're going to be ruled on. We'll see if what Phil Mickelson says is right, though. If some middling, my word, not his, some middling PGA Tour golfer goes over and plays one of these events and then wins and wins, you know, millions of dollars more than even someone wins in an actual major, which is what these tournaments are, right? According to all the reports. Then we'll see if it creates an influx of players who are like, wait a minute, I can beat that dude. Let me go over and play these Saudi-backed events. Because I don't know if you know this, money matters to people. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, five NFL international games were announced today, in case you missed it. It was early this morning. The NFL determined to spread its wings and play all over planet Earth. Well, four more in, or I should say three more in London this year. One in Munich, Germany. One in Mexico City. First, week four, Sunday, October 2nd at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. This is the NFL Network. Vikings and Saints will take on each other. Then a week later, 
also at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, also NFL Network, Giants and Packers. Packers, the last team to go play in England, they make their trip there this year on October 9th. Then at the end of October, October 30th, this at Wembley Stadium in London, the Broncos and the Jaguars, oh, the Jaguars with their de facto home game in London, that's their spot. October 30th, Broncos and Russell Wilson going to play the Jaguars. Then, November 13th, Munich, Germany, Seahawks and Buccaneers. That one on the NFL Network. By the way, the one at Wembley's on ESPN+. Plus. Hmm. Wonder how that's going to work out for people. Uh, Seahawks-Bucks on November 13th in Munich, Germany. That's on NFL Network. And then, in Mexico City, November 21st, 49ers-Cardinals. That is a night game. All the others are in the morning time stateside. So there you go. Five NFL games. The the more of these games, the worse for yes, us yes. because they are yeah. 6 a.m. games here. That is correct. The, the first four are all 6.30 a.m. games specific. Yeah. Yeah. I don't make it up for both of those. <laughs> like, Especially when it includes the Jaguars. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I can could, miss this one. Could do without those. We did have some finals. Uh, Diamondbacks, Marlins. Diamondbacks get it done 8-7 to seven after Bumgarner gets ejected in the first inning. He didn't like the way they were looking at his glove. <laughs> Braves and Mets. Braves 9-2 to two over the Mets. Tigers 3-2 to two over the Pirates. Padres 5-4 to four over the Guardians and Cardinals 10-0 there over the Royals. Astros 7-2 to two over the Mariners. Rays 3 to nothing over the A's. I think Mad Bum got upset because the opposing pitcher got like a, a cursory overview on his uh, sort of inspection. They're like, oh, you're fine. And then with Mad Bum, they did a... Uh, you know, a full, full body cavity search. Apparently, he said something naughty to the fir- to the first base umpire. Well, yes, yeah. If you're mad bum, do you kind of say, "Do you know who I am? <laughs> Are you familiar with my work? How dare you?" Anyway, Diamondbacks take it though. Uh, we will come back, Jonathan Von Tobel. We got the NBA in about 20 minutes. He's got thoughts next on Vison's primetime action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get your edge this playoff season with the Body Armor Edge Basketball Throwdown. Join four free fantasy hoops contests to play for your share of $20,000. In total cash prizes while the action unfolds on the court. Head to DraftKings.com slash BodyArmorEdge now to draft your best lineup and find out if you'll outlast the competition. Body Armor, more than a sports drink. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You don't have any uh, NBA pre-flop tonight, do you? Nothing, nothing tonight. Nope. Yeah. Well, I no mean, part of these we, two games. No, uh. No doubter last night on the pool over 19. Oh, easy. <laughs> what do you get that final bucket like with two minutes left? Yeah, yeah. No, no doubter on the pool over, when over he got, 19 and a half. When he got that fifth foul, I thought we were sunk. Yes. I was like, oh no, at 18. <laughs> I got a couple tonight. I am on the Suns and I'm on De- DeAndre Ayton over his points, but we'll talk a bit about that and prop watch. Is you? Next. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, maybe this gentleman has some thoughts. I am uh, entangled in a uh, in a very calm unspoken chair war with him in this studio. It's Jonathan Von Tobel, everybody, co-host of The Edge and also uh, Hardwood Handicappers, not to mention our senior NBA analyst. How you doing, JVT? Uh, good. I, I was not aware that there was a chair war happening. I actually, I, <laughs> to take people behind the scenes, yeah. I feel like I know what you're talking about. There's two different types of chairs that That's are correct. behind the desk. Yes. Uh, but I have, I will say, taken to not changing the chair. Oh. Uh, I would say the last yeah. two or three shows. So maybe, maybe that's are the uh, are the two different types bad and worse? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Now I will say uh, I think I've told you guys this before, but for those who don't know, Gil will remember this because he's been there since the beginning. Those floors used to be insanely slick when oh, that that yes. studio first opened up, and unfortunately we had the great Al Bernstein uh, fall out of his chair, and multiple <laughs> other people uh, do so as well. The unfortunate part was I think yeah we were about to go on the air, we we're on the air when that happened. uh, Good times. (laughs) Well, John, maybe you've been accused of a crime for which you did not commit, so I apologize. (laughs) I apologize on that. Uh, Let me start with last night before we get to tonight real quick. Um, So 
the two teams that needed a win, the must-win situations, they got their win. Boston did so in in really convincing fashion. They didn't have Marcus Smart. Every time the Bucks sort of flirted with, oh, maybe we'll make this a game, Boston had right. an answer. They win at 109-86. to 86. But I was saying this morning, though, if you look at, at the box scores for both of these games, Boston has shot 93 threes, 93 attempts in two games from behind the arc. They made 10 two-point buckets in Game 1. They made 18 two-point buckets in Game 3. Now, it, of course, helped that the Bucks only made 3 of 18 from behind the arc yesterday. I guess my question is, is this entire series just going to come down to how many three-pointers or the rate at which the Celtics make their three-pointers? Because certainly they're getting their opportunities. Yeah, I've actually I've coined the phrase. I don't know if you guys, this will be the first time I'm going to unveil this right now. It's a make or miss league, you guys, <laughs> in the NBA. Uh, but no, I think like to a certain extent it is, Gil, mainly because think about how the Bucks play defense, right? What was the bugaboo for Milwaukee in the year before they won the title? How Miami, you know, dismantled them in the postseason series that they had? Uh, it was because, and then that was in the bubble, because they play a lot of drop coverage. Their drop coverage lends itself to allowing three-point shooters. And so, like, what was really disappointing about Chicago's effort against Milwaukee Milwaukee in the first round was there was actually a path for them to be potentially kind of sneaky, like competitive. It was just shoot a whole bunch of threes, run those pick and pops of Nikola Vucevic and have him shoot threes from the top of the key. Do it as many times as you want, because they're going to give those to you. Chicago didn't do that. Boston's actually, they're like, yeah, we'll take those threes. We're going to shoot them. And in game one, we're not going to shoot that well. And that's fine. You know, we're going to lose that game. But in game two, uh, we're going to shoot them and we're going to hit them. And we're going to essentially blow you out. Like you said, Bucks got like 12 a couple of times, but it was never really that close in the fourth quarter and i think that to an extent yes this is what this series is going to come down to milwaukee's defensive scheme allows teams to shoot three-pointers each of the last four seasons they've been bottom of the league in terms of opponent three-point frequency they've been bottom of the league in terms of opponent three-point shooting because their priority is rim defense and the boston celtics are challenging them on that and saying all right fine we're going to shoot a lot of threes and we're going to hit them hopefully and we're going to move on potentially to the eastern conference final so i think it is a big part of what the series comes down to John, I want to stick with this game real quick because this is two kind of meh performances in a row here from Giannis. I mean, I know you can look at the box score, and if you don't, if you don't really dig into the box score, you could just you could be fooled. Oh, well, he's, you know, he still scored twenty points. No, like you know, bad shooting night, six turnovers, et cetera, et cetera. Are is this a product of just two off games, or is this a product of one of the better defensive teams there is in the NBA? Really, really frustrating. One of the dominant offensive presences in the NBA. Uh, can I just say that I agree with you, and it's amazing that Giannis Antetokounmpo gets a triple-double and we consider it an F performance <laughs> in game one, but that, that's exactly what it is, Matt. And I, I think it's a mixture of those things. I also think it's the fact that your third guy, and obviously I would think you'd probably put him second in terms of offensive scoring load. Chris Middleton's not out there, right? And so the, the onus is on Giannis Antetokounmpo to make things work, which means he's forcing shots, he's taking low percentage shots as opposed to, you know, you can get lucky and throw up a shot off the backboard, rebound it, and put it back. But we know that time you a high efficiency play. And I think that's what we've seen over the last couple of games. It, to me, when I watch him, it just seems that there's an onus on him to score and to do a lot more than he usually has to from a scoring perspective. And so he's putting up some pretty poor attempts and some pretty poor shot quality uh, when it comes to the last two games. So I think that's that. And then you get the, the side of Boston where you do have a bunch of like six, seven guys that they can throw at him. And yes, they're going to give up some size, but when he's running in transition, they're building that proverbial wall. They're cutting off the rim. They're forcing him to get creative when he's, charging to the basket, sometimes recklessly. I think it's all of those things kind of coming together here. And you're almost seeing 
not an exact recreation, but that one, that, that series against the Toronto Raptors at Eastern Conference Finals all those years ago where they were just putting it on Giannis, like, it's on you, man, and we're going to build up this wall, and you're not going to be able to do anything. And he's obviously overcome his shortcomings to become a better player, but the Celtics are challenging him, I think, in the exact same way. All right, so you are taking the Celtics plus the three points when this series finally resumes on Saturday. Right. You could fly to, like, you know, the other side of the world and come back, spend a day there, and, you, and the series will not have uh, – have uh, extended by then. So Saturday, both the Warriors, Grizzlies, and the Celtics, Bucks. JVT's got the Celtics plus three tonight, and by tonight I mean in nine minutes. The Sixers take mm-hmm. on the Heat game two again. No Joel Embiid. Do you really expect a different outcome? Maybe your bets suggest otherwise. What do you got? Yeah, I, I think when you're looking at this, there's a lot to to. I think. I don't want to say like hang your hat on for Philadelphia, but if you look at the way that they played in that first game, you can totally make the case that a better performance is coming here for the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, first off, you look at them offensively and the shooting numbers were pretty poor, right? Uh, you had Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, Danny Green, and combined four or 15 from beyond the arc. James Harden, the only Philadelphia player to hit multiple threes in that game. He was two of seven from three point range shooters went zero of 10 from three point range when receiving a James Harden pass. Like th- these are things that I think are going to regress to the mean here in this game. If you look at some of the shot quality metrics that some of these sites offer, like a cleaning the glass, for example, effective field goal percentage in that game one for Philadelphia was 44%, but their expected field goal percentage was more like 55% in terms of like, if you gave them average shot uh, shooting percentage on the shots that they took, they should be much better than what they did. So I'm looking at all of that and I'm thinking that this is not a team that's going to shoot 16% again from three. They have four guys who shoot 37% or better. Two of them shoot above 40% from three point range. And why that matters is because this is part of the game plan, right? I referenced Miami when talking about the Bucks and the way they play defense. It's the same thing with Miami. They want to cut off the rim, but they'll allow you to shoot threes. They were dead last in opponent frequency of three-point attempts. They were last in wide, or excuse me, open three-point attempts allowed. And the 76ers in game one generated 12 wide-open three-point attempts. That's a defender six feet or farther away. And they were one of 12 on those three-point attempts. I think they're going to be able to recreate all of those. And let us not forget that the 76ers did lead by one at halftime because the Miami Heat were so poor in the half court, and they missed Kyle Lowry, who's not going to be back out there again. So I took eight and a half here. I think the market overreacted a little bit from that first game, and that ties into playing this over as well. You know, I mentioned everything in terms of regressing to the mean positively for Philadelphia. The same could be said for Miami, whose expected field goal percentage should be a little bit higher too. Their effective field goal percentage in that game was about 46%, and it should be about 54%. So I'm expecting a little bit more offense from both teams. But namely enough there for Philly that they're going to stay within a number. John, the late game, Mavs and Suns. Suns about a six, six and a half point favorite in this one. You get the monster game out of Luka, and then they still get beat down pretty badly. Is this just kind of where Luka not having a Robin to his Batman really just gets exposed here because the Suns are such a complete team? Yeah, it seems like it, right? When you talk about like the role players of Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie uh, and others shooting a very poor percentage uh, from the floor there, I think there were 11 of 31 combined. You throw Reggie Bullock in there as well and 4 of 12 from beyond the arc. Like that's kind of troubling. But for me, what was more troubling, Matt, it wasn't so much that the role players didn't perform well. It's that you go into this series thinking, well, the Mavericks are analytically sound the way they play defense. Give up a ton of mid-range shots because that's a smart thing to do. It's an elite mid-range team in the Phoenix Suns, and they were incredible offensively in that first game. So that's really turned me off from Dallas. Like, I thought this was good, and I still think it can be like a fun competitive series but the, the edges that the Suns have, you saw them really come to the, the surface in that first game, and that really worries me about the prospects for Dallas in terms of dragging this out to like a seven or a six-game series. 
Real quick, because we only have 30 seconds here, JBT. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Grizzlies do get off the schneid yesterday. Um, we had an ejection early. We had a very, very controversial call on Draymond late that sort yeah. of saved the Grizzlies. Is there anything that you've seen in the first two games that leads you to believe the Grizzlies have a legit shot here at winning this series? Kind of not really. I just worry that every single possession down the stretch was John Morant isolation, bail us out, score the last 13 points so we can win. And I think when you get back to San Francisco, Steph and Clay aren't going to shoot under 40% from the floor when they get back home. And I think that kind of worries you if you're Memphis because they were terrible in the first two games and they got a split and took home court from you. Jonathan Rontobel, thanks for the Al Bernstein memories as well tonight, John. Appreciate it. You got it, guys. Thank you. At me, JVT, for Jonathan Rontobel. And, of course, uh, The Edge, co-host with Humans. Also, our senior NBA analyst. And don't forget to check out the podcast, Hardwood Handicappers. We'll come back. Prop watch on both of these games. Kelly's got some prop bets. Next, Beeson's Primetime Match. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Slow and steady wins stacks of cash. Join the old Forster Turtle Derby Challenge and compete free for your share of $5,000. Enter the free, uh, free-to-play pool, that is, and make your Turtle Derby predictions for a shot at your share of the cash. Head to DraftKings.com slash Old Forester to get in on the action. Old Forester never gets old. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. And now, ladies and gentlemen, a very, very quick prop watch. All right, the reason it's quick is because the Heat and the Sixers are about to tip off, and we want to just get in our thoughts real quick. James Harden at 22.5 points in the absence of Joel Embiid. Will this be the game where Harden picks up the slack? Jimmy Butler for the Heat, also at 22.5. You see Tyrese at 21.5, and on down the line, Bam and Tobias both at 19.5 points. Tyler Hero off the bench, sixth man of the year, 18.5. Yes, that's where I would go to. Like at the 40 and a half, again, we, we saw this in, in this other, I mean, like we believe that this game could get out of hand, which the first game did get out of hand. John thinks it could be closer, but I mean, the first game got out of hand. What happened? The starters hit the bench and there was never a chance for him to hit the over on that point total. Whenever we were like, yeah, let's go under on that point total, which by the way, has fallen three points now. Mm-hmm. It was 25 and a half. Remember? So that's what the books think of, of Harden and his offensive you know, prowess. Yeah, and I mean, I could be wrong, but all we've like all I've heard the past couple of days is I mean, I've seen a lot of people betting over on Harden props, and I, I just don't get it. I mean, we've seen what this guy's done now basically all year, and yeah, I was I, I guess I was wrong about him more at the beginning of the year, but it's just he hasn't shot the ball well really since he's got to Philadelphia. I don't know why I'd look over on points with Joel Embiid out of the lineup. I don't really know how I'd look over on assists, and rebounds are completely random. So I would run it would be points, rebounds, and assists for me. I would look under on Harden, not a bet for me, but it's, I mean, I could not play overs on this guy until he actually shows up and has a yeah. big game. Yeah, that was the consensus, uh, the, the conventional wisdom before. It's like, well, this is the one. He didn't do well in the first game, but oh boy. Right, and it's, it's, it's Embiid's him. out, so yeah. he has to be the guy. Yeah. Well, like, at a certain point, you can't be the guy anymore. I mean, I honestly, if I was looking at overs, it'd be more at Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. Okay, that uh, tip-off is about to happen here in uh, seconds, not minutes, I believe. Uh, down in Miami with the heat up one to nothing in the series, best of seven series. Again, no Embiid tonight for the Sixers. They hope to get him back sooner than later. Tonight, though, game two, back in Phoenix, Mavericks and the Suns. Suns won game one. The the point spread came into doubt at the end, but the uh, result in terms of win or loss was never in doubt for the Phoenix Suns. Luca, 
who didn't get much help besides Kleber in the first half. Luke is at 33 and a half, nine and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists. That's the 51 and a half PRA. Devin Booker's the high mark for the Suns at 25 and a half. DeAndre at 18 and a half. Jalen Brunson at 18 and a half. And there you see Chris Paul, 16 and a half and nine and a half assists. What do you do here? Boy, it is very tough to play an under on Luca. Oh, you can't. You can't. Yeah, you, you can't. can't. <laughs> I don't know if you can but, play an over at these numbers either. But, but it's it is over so enough. high. I mean, yeah, but it is so high. Your basic, I mean, because you look at his point total and you're assuming he's going to be in that, you know, low yeah. 30s range. So, like, you are basically the PRA is basically he's going to triple-double. Like, right, you're, ba- right. you're, you're, yeah. you're basically triple-doubling. At that point, I I, I, don't know. I couldn't bet an under on it, but I can't yeah. bet an over on that either. Is, that, isn't yeah, everything you just said about Harden? If you just replace the words, you're like, yes. until he proves to me that he can do an under. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I am not I, betting him. I under. was going to say it's the complete opposite of what I just said about Harden. Yeah. Th- this is a guy who's and like Giannis. I mean, we're t- like JVT made that joke too, right? It's, it's like Giannis having bad games but putting up triple doubles. I mean, these are the this is what we expect out of guys like Luca and Giannis these days. Um, so yeah, I, there would be nothing for me there. I did play. One in, in this game that was DeAndre Aiden over 19 and a half points. Um, might be able to find an 18 and a half out there. I think I saw that around the country at a couple shops. But this is, I, I think, game one is what we're going to see a lot of in this series. Uh, JVT talked a little bit about it mid range. They didn't really have a lot of answers for that. I'm not, that one I'm not concerned about as much. It's down low, the inside presence. It, Dallas has been a bottom third league in rim protection, a, a bottom third team in the league in rim protection all season long. They really got exploited by that in DeAndre Ayton, I thought, in the first game. And they just – Dwight Powell and Luka have a great connection on the offensive end. On the defensive side of the ball, they are no match for what uh, what the Suns can do, especially down low. And that's – this Suns team, I think when you take that away from them, is where they become a little bit more vulnerable. But it's still, as long as you're telling me they're playing a team really doesn't have a great rim protector – I think this might be a, end up being a quick series. I hope I'm wrong because I have Mavericks futures bets from way back when, but I, I don't think this is going to go too long. So I laid the six tonight, and I did bet DeAndre Aiden over 19.5 points. Carolina Hurricanes with the first goal of the night tonight in hockey. Remember, they lead the best-of-seven series against the Bruins, one game to nothing. They lead one nothing now in game two, 6.30 left in the first period. And Matt Chapman, who I know you have some, uh, some season-long bets on, just went solo. Jimmy Jack, obviously. Uh, so the Blue Jays up on the Yankees, one to nothing. Remember, the Yankees have a 10-game winning streak, and we'll look at AL East odds after the break. Uh, but first, about last night, did you think that was a foul on Draymond at the end, that they called him on the rebound? It was, it was the key point of the game where if the Warriors get that rebound, they've got a shot to win it. Instead, Ja falls to the court. To the to the floor and it's a call on Draymond. He did not like. Yeah, that call. it was. I mean, it was ticky tacky. But I, I don't. Th- this. How come we didn't get another angle on it? I was gonna. I. Yes, a that I, I was yelling that where I didn't yeah. see much of it, but I this refing has and, and we see this almost every postseason where it's like players have to get used to how they're going to ref it different in the playoffs. You just hope that every game in the playoffs is being called consistently, and I don't I don't know that it is right now because we've seen a I I feel like I've seen a lot of players really upset, especially yeah. this round over the first couple games at some of the calls. Here's the thing: I had a Warriors bet, and I did not have a huge problem with it. Because live, I thought it was a terrible call. On a replay, given the only angle we had, which was the front angle, I was like, well, maybe. 
But we never got a second angle. The Warriors didn't challenge it. And it was just funny listening to everybody say, oh, it was so clearly a, a ridiculous call. And I'm like, I had a Warriors bet, and I didn't think that necessarily. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't really. It's, it's one of those things where I'm looking at it, and it's like, so if they don't call it, you're like, okay, I'm okay with a no call. But when right. they do, you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's. it's Not it's, everything is a calamity. It's how, yeah, it's, it's like just how it's called on the court is kind of like some of the times you just, because every, most of most of these like borderline fouls are completely, if depending on which way you're viewing it, right. you can say yes or no or whatever and all that. That's so, right. And I, yeah. tr- I tried to be as objective as possible. I'm like, yeah, you know what? That doesn't rank as like the worst calls that have gone against me ever. <laughs> well, and that, and that that's where I think we, especially the first couple of games of these series, I feel like I've seen more non-calls that players are getting upset about one way or that. the other, you know? So yeah. that's where that's where I'm just saying I'm hoping they're being consistent with it. You know, if that's like you're talking about, Matt, if, if it's kind of a, yeah, like we don't really care because we watch that throughout the whole regular season, but if you're going to end up, if you're not going to call that all game, you better not be calling it then. And I'm not saying they are, but it's just you hope you're not, you hope you're getting consistent. Guys. Oh, that's, that's breaking news. Oh boy. That's breaking news from 1978. After consultation got? with multiple back specialists, it has been determined that the best course of action for Ben's long-term health is for him to undergo surgery. Oh, oh my God. The microdisectomy procedure scheduled for Thursday is designed to alleviate pain caused by the herniated disc in Ben's back. Further updates will be provided following the procedure. That is from the official Nets Twitter account. Yeah, just to clarify, the Ben he's referring to is Ben Simmons. Um, can we just like if if the 76ers don't get out of this series and James Harden continues to look like he has? Yeah. Will there have ever been a, a trade in in NBA <laughs> history or the history of any league yeah. that we all thought was so momentous at the time that ended up becoming nothing? Cuz yeah. like this is I mean well, but, well, let me go I think on. the next time we see Ben Simmons is in the G League now. L- let me go <laughs> let, let me throw out a couple options here. One do we all owe Ben Simmons an apology because it's recommended now that he needs surgery? Or two, does this almost in some way sound like a self-fulfilling prophecy? Like, yep, no, I'm still in pain. Let's do the surgery. I'm glad you put it like that because I think it's probably I, – I, I would hope it's a little bit of both. Actually, like, I would hope that I owe the guy an apology. I was say, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But, I, say, but like, I kind maybe of I should think take the other, back some the of the stuff that I said. You know? Yeah. Like, maybe I maybe I was a little bit too harsh on the dude. But I kind of think it's the second one you said. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. If it was any other type of procedure, like, you're not taking, you're not having back surgery no. if you don't need back right. surgery. No. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, you're, this isn't one of those, like, oh, let me prove everyone wrong and have back surgery. Like, well, no, like, well, you're not doing unless that. Unless you're uh, – listen, I just want to I just want to throw this. Again, yeah. the first option was what we say out loud. The second option is what we're thinking in our head. And I, I just wondered I, – you're right, Matt. Like, you would never opt for back surgery yeah. if you don't need back surgery. Unless you are so mentally done with the criticism where you're just like, nope – let me have everyone back off this, and let's actually get this fixed that way. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and I think the part of it is where's the where's been information from both teams that he's been on over the past year about like the yes. information has been lacking, it's, right? It's so in the same place where the Ka- Kawhi Leonard information is, right, is exactly. stored. Exactly. We get no information on any of this stuff. We maybe. get none, so we're left to make our own judgments right. on a guy like this, and it's not fair. Yeah. And maybe we do owe him an apology. I don't know at this point. James Harden with an air ball that might have grazed the rim. Not sure. Coming back, those at least odds. Let's take a look at those with the Yankees streaking. Next, Beeson's primetime action. 
1-800-919-3365. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July, next few months. Let's go through it. Best betting content in the business. Let's just say that out front at VEASAN.com. Subscribers will have access to everything, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, Jonathan Von Tobel with best bets all the way through the NBA Finals, Andy McNeil, the rock star of Canada, breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and the Kentucky Derby betting guide for this week's Run for the Roses with Matt Brown's exclusive interview of Cyberknife. 
in that as well. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, cost is only $59. 75.18 Canadian are dollars plummeting. Just plummeting. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, all of that to be a uh, subscriber through July 31st. VEASAN.com slash bring. I would like uh, this translated into gold and silver, uh, if you can. Market price on those. Oh, interesting. Yeah. When you spoke to CyberKnife, what did, what did you learn? That's uh, for the exclusive interview. Right. Visa Plus Plus account. Yes, yeah. on the Visa Plus Plus account. Carolina scores again, two to nothing over the Bruins. The Bees not looking good so far in this series, down a game, and now uh, behind the eight ball already in game number two against the Hurricanes. Joey Gallo, little oppo shot, solo shot, so the Yankees tied up against the Jays, one to one. Yankees ten game winning streak. Oh. Can, can I circle back to last night with the home run thing you got? We were we were talking about with the two home runs. John I, John Sterling. I, when I fu- no not John Sterling, the, but the uh, the 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 judge home run that oh. the Toronto fan gave yes. the ball to the kid. Yeah, and then I guess the kid got kid and the Toronto fan they got together today with Judge for the kid to meet Judge, which was. Really, really cool. Mm-hmm. All of that, right? Like, this is what the game's mm-hmm. about a bit, right? For the kids. It's awesome. And then I saw the Bobby Witt Jr. thing and how ridiculous that was. You guys were all over that last Harrison time. Bader throwing the ball back into the stands. And then did you guys catch that there was seemingly a uh, there was seemingly a fan ready to go with a pool net right away? Oh, I did not oh, see Oh, yeah. That. He was, like, tracking the whole situation and ran right over with a pool net. So I think he got the lucky... Uh, Lucky the, the lucky ball. Wait, he brought a pull net with like a pole. Yeah, <laughs> how yeah. did he get that in the ballpark? I know. I don't know. Maybe I don't. Maybe it was someone who works there. I don't know. Sir, somebody well, was there. Sir, they, they that? do that because of the because because balls go in there right. from time to time. Yes, so that's like a thing. Sir, what is that with you? Uh, nothing. And, uh, you know. Gil, now that you bring it up, I'm going to guess it's someone who works there because yeah. yeah, I don't. I, I have a feeling getting in the ballpark with that might be a little difficult. Plenty of seats still available in Miami if you want to head over to the FTX Arena. <laughs> Happy hour first, Gil. You know, get a nice dinner. It's like a regional semi in the NCAAs. What's going on there? <laughs> it happens every time. Seventeen, seventeen. You get caught up at the club before you before you go to the game. <laughs> like, let's just stop by the club for 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 an hour before we go. Look to the game. how many seats that is. It what is, is happening? Is this, have you never watched the heat game before? This is every heat game. They, they show up thirty minutes late, so end of the first quarter. Like in five minutes, they, it, the stands will finally be full. Okay, but this just in, this is not every heat game. No, it's I know. Playoff game. I, I know. Playoffs. Playoffs. Flexi. It is ric- ridiculous. You are right. But then we're going to watch halftime's going to come, and you're going to oh, say the same thing at the beginning quarter, of the third It's going to be even worse. Yeah. Yeah, 17 apiece, 514 left in the first quarter. Between the uh, Sixers and the Heat, Tyler here already to check in for the first time for Miami. Uh, all right, AL East, let's take a brief look at these odds. Just because the Yankees are on this uh, street, they got the best record in all of baseball. And to win the division, they are your favorite now. Minus 105. Jays are plus 150. Remember, the Jays were the short shot for most of the offseason. Rays are plus 650. Sox 17 to 1. And then the Orioles, not quite like the others. 1,000 to 1 for them to win the division, notably 500 to 1 for them to win the AL. Talk to me about that. And still, and, and, and weirdly, like, still not. Still not long enough on any of those numbers. So they are as long a shot to win the AL East, meaning to overcome the Yankees, Jays, Rays, and Red Sox during the regular season, as they are to win it all to get through a postseason. Yeah. I mean, not exactly the same thing, but I I mean, one of my questions for you guys is going to be the Red Sox, where you're like, are they really have no chance in this division? Because you're getting better odds on them in the division than you are on them to win the AL. Yeah. 17-1 to to win the uh, division. 
Uh, let's just start with, can I start with the Rays, actually, in the middle? The Rays are always the team we forget about. You wouldn't, let's, like, sight unseen, just take a flyer on the Rays at plus 650 right now? Because they always figure it out. Yeah, it's, that's, you would, that's what the bet would be on, for yep. sure, because they're, they're not hitting very well right now, which is, which is, you know, not, it can be fixed. Obviously, we're sure, like, a fraction of the season into everything. But, yeah, it's, it's some, some uncharacteristic stuff there for, for them as far as, like, you know, being one of the, being one of the teams that is a little, you know, in, they're 11th in K-rate right now, which, again, they're, they were typically one of the more disciplined teams in all of, uh, in all of baseball and so, you know, there's there's some stuff that are a little bit uncharacteristic of this team, but they also have some young players playing for them as well, you know. So there's some of that that goes into it too. Mm-hmm. They're 17th and they're 17th in Walker eight, which I think maybe some of these some of these younger hitters maybe a little bit more anxious here at the beginning of the season. So th- these could all you know level out and stuff, but at the beginning here they are not hitting like we like you would want from them. But yeah, I mean, and I get why in this division though, you know, to win the AL is shorter than to win the division because, you know, yes, there's going to be two teams come out of this division for sure. <laughs> makes sense. And, you know, the how strong these teams are, I don't, how strong all these teams are, makes sense that if they make it out of that division. Just, so. to, just to point out what Kelly was saying about the Red Sox. So right now the Yankees, 18-6, and 10-game winning streak, tied with the Jays right now, 1-1, one one, in the bottom of the third there in Toronto. A three-and-a-half game lead over both the Jays and the Rays who are both 15 and 10, already, though, an eight-game lead over the Red Sox. Wow. Okay. The Red Sox, who are 10 and 14, which is not horrible, but the Yankees are 18 and 6, right? So it's eight-game lead over the Red Sox and 10-game lead over the uh, the Birds. We just always bring up how it's, you know, it's there's usually more value to be found in season on futures bets than before the season, and it's like, yeah. I guess, I you know, you guys know me, I'm not the biggest baseball better, obviously, but the... Uh, like just there's so many games played and it's such a little part of the season that we're talking about with something it like is that such a small part that you could easily I, no. I mean the Red Sox go on the same kind of run that the Yankees are on and okay you're right back in the mix I mean we are we are what 15 percent into the season so it's like there's so much baseball to I be mean played. and just look at I mean this I mean these markets so what the Yankees are now the division favorite but the Blue Jays still have shorter odds to win the World Series like it's just this is when stuff starts to get funky already, right, with, with futures. I think the Rays would be the division bet right now, plus 650, if you said you must. I, I mean, I will say this. There are some spots that have rate adjusted regular season win totals. One of the ones that we talked about, uh, you know, the, the Reds are 3-20, and 20, right? Their adjusted season win total is 65 and a half. And typically, no matter how bad you are at baseball, you figure out a way to win 60-plus games. Yeah. But could it be that they're so bad that maybe the best bet in baseball right now is still the under on that? Well, I mean, that division just plays so much into it, right? Yeah. Still, like that's the that's the other thing. It's just you know I don't know. I I, I I look at this and I still I still wonder if I still wonder if the Red Sox maybe aren't maybe aren't the bet if you had to bet something on this screen because they're and I, I and I don't think it's maybe even. I don't think it's even close, maybe, because, I mean, there's not that big a difference really in all four of these teams. The Yankees are obviously playing over expectation right now. You win 11 games in a row, it doesn't matter. You're, you're playing and over against, expectation. And against a pretty soft schedule. Yeah, like you're, you're yeah. playing over expectation no matter what because baseball, you just you just lose every now and then. You know, it's just fluky stuff. You lose. Um, is, it, you, is it too early to go to the remaining strength of schedule for this discussion? I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know. But, but, I mean, if you did do that, 
it's actually of all these teams in the division, to, you know, Toronto. Excuse me. Excuse me. The Yankees have the well. No, that's not the strength of schedule. Pardon me. I'll. Uh, I'll you do look that. at like I'll Boston again. You look at Boston. They're like twentieth. They're 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 twentieth in Major League Baseball in batting average balls in play. So there should be some positive regression for them there as yeah. well um, over the course of the season. So their their hitting should get a little bit better. If you take a look, they are. I mean, it's just. It's unsustainable how little they are walking. Like they're 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 walking at a six percent clip, which is dead last in baseball. So they should be getting some more free passes. They should be getting on base a little bit more. So there are some there is some stuff here that maybe points to some better days for the Red Sox. Yeah. By the way, it's just, it's just ridiculous that I even looked at mm-hmm. strength of schedule. But Toronto and the Yankees do have an incrementally easier schedule the rest of the way than, than the uh, Rays and the Red Sox do. But that's ridiculous. Over 140-plus baseball games still. So, you know, I, listen, here's what, here's what the bet is not. Unless you think the Yankees are just going to run away with this, and maybe you do, by the way. I have mm-hmm. a guy, Mark Borchard, on in the mornings. He had the Yankees season win total before the season at, like, 98. He was super bullish on mm-hmm. them. So, for him... He might say minus 105 is the last time you'll get it. I don't know. You know, I'm not betting it though, either way. No, no, no. I'm I'm not either. I'm going to keep an eye on the Red Sox though, because I, I don't okay. think this number will get that much worse over the next few weeks and just see if their numbers start to kind of regress creep, back creep to, yeah, bit. like regress back to towards the middle. And if that's the case, you know, maybe it's worth throwing a throwing a couple dollars down. All right. Wells Fargo Championship is in Avenel in Potomac, Maryland this year. It is this week, and Rory is by far the short shot. The gentlemen here on set have thoughts, have bets, and we'll do our one and done and draft tonight as well. Beeson's primetime action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.